0: Healthy roots leads to healthy fruit. What I want to talk to you about, what I want to look at um, this morning, is I want to look at boundaries. Um, <clears throat> you know, whenever I've heard someone speak or shared a message on boundaries, usually uh, the context of that typically is, how do we in our life build a wall and keep bad things out? How, this is, this is the context obviously that most people think about and have experienced the context of boundaries. But I want to broaden our horizon uh, today. I want to look at what biblical boundaries look like, how uh, they are given from God, and some strategy within looking at the the our lives and the boundaries that revolve around and outside of our lives, how there are some very intentional, very practical things that we uh, have responsibility for. How many of you realize that you are responsible for your life? If you didn't realize that, that's um, a really good place to start, that responsibility uh, for you starts with you. Um, But ultimately, if we think about boundaries. And this is what I want to go after this morning. I don't have a uh, a set passage that I'm going to be building this around. There's a few scriptures that we'll pull out and we'll journey with a bit today, but um, hopefully uh, as those verses come up, you can scribble them down and take some time to meditate on this stuff this week. But anyway, effectively what boundaries are is is they are, essentially they are a property line. They distinguish for us helpfully what uh uh, what is mine and what is not and um, and if you think about it in the context of of your home if you 're a homeowner, uh, then ultimately, what your property line your boundary line helps you distinguish and understand is what you 're responsible for, and ultimately what you 're responsible for lies within in these boundary lines, and this is what I want to try and talk about with us today I am um, I, one of my, this last couple of months has been an exciting journey for me in my leadership. Uh, I have seen one of the greatest challenges come to my leadership and it has nothing to do with church. I, uh, Sarah and I, our home that we own is on a private road. Now that sounds very grand, but let me tell you it's not because effectively being living on a private road, I own a number of very large potholes uh, so that really is the extent to which uh, the blessing of the private road is extended to me it 's that but I own some potholes, um, and uh, I had to point the leadership of my life at uh, twenty four other houses and therefore the residents that live in them, and I needed to convince them. Uh, through the equity of my leadership, uh, that we were in fact legally responsible for our road and we needed to deal with some pretty major issues. That We just found out that one lady who moved onto to the street, she had her mortgage refused because there was not an informal or a formal maintenance plan on the road. So her mortgage company said, you cannot have a mortgage because it's a private road and there's no plan and we won't give you a mortgage. Anyway, so this, we, we found out this and I, I realized, gosh, I need to get our residents together and we need to figure out how are we going to deal with some of the issues. Because what we discovered was, is that, is that, um, as a, as a homeowner on a private road, and actually I managed to convince, so we are having our road resurfaced in two weeks' time. I managed to convince the other residents to part with a lot of money to all come together. And apparently over many, many years, different residents have tried to get other residents together to do this kind of thing, and in 20 years it's never happened. They couldn't agree on whether they were to have trees or not on the road, let alone have the surface. But we're, every, single, every single resident is contributing to have it. Isn't that amazing? Amazing. Anyway, just how good a leader I am. Anyway, so what have we discovered, uh, in this journey of understanding our responsibility, and this is not just responsibility in terms of do I want to or do I not, it was actually what's my legal responsibility, that actually the the property bounds of, of our house are the width of our house and then extend to the very middle of the road, and I'm responsible. And when you start to think about that level of responsibility, I start to then really consider the fact that if someone came down my road and was to fall in one of those potholes, break their leg, I would be responsible. We as residents, there would be a responsibility. Because one of the things you realize, and when, and this is what happened, we went back to our deeds. We went back to look at what's the legal boundary lines that we, that mark out our property and therefore distinguish what it, am I responsible for. And so in looking back at the deeds, we all became acutely aware that we are legally responsible for our property, what's on our property, the width of and out to the middle of the road, and, um, and so when you start to realize that you 're not just responsible based on uh, do I want to or do I not, but i 'm legally responsible, you start to realize there 's an onus on me to understand what where, do, where, where does my responsibility lie, and what am I going to do as a result, what decisions am I going to make as a result of the responsibility of what my boundary lines mark out for me, what these Boundary lines, what these property lines distinguish, become my responsibility, we'll talk about this as we go through this morning. I I remember talking to Santino um, when he lived down in Hastings. One of the first houses that they lived in, uh, neither Emma or San, I would tell you, are good gardeners at all. Um, terrible gardeners, and uh, and their grass was all really really long. And he told me about this time when uh, uh, his neighbour actually popped his um, popped his head over the fence and said. Uh, Listen, would you like to borrow my gerbils? No, guinea pigs. Would you like to borrow my guinea pigs? This is an odd thing. Because what his neighbor would do is he would have an outside pen with these guinea pigs in and then he would just move his pen around the garden. It would keep his grass. But this neighbor had obviously become so enamored with the way in which San was looking after his grass. He offered to lend him his animals to cut his grass, to which I thought. But this is the thing. You know, we're responsible for our garden. You know, if if we pull that analogy in, if this, if this, my life, the residence of my life is like a garden, I'm responsible for what grows here. And in this context of healthy roots and, and healthy fruit, the reality is, is that we have to be acutely aware of, of where, uh, what my responsibility is inside of there. And I want to talk about uh, three things just to begin with that I want to help frame what I want to share this morning, which are really our three, um, three uh, keys to what biblical boundaries are and then later on we'll uh, and why they're there and later on we'll look at um, three three ways in which we engage with this, uh, this process of taking care of what is our responsibility so the first point is this there are biblical boundaries in place and the first point you'll see on the screen is this it's to help us understand what am I responsible for what am I responsible for 1 Corinthians 3 verse 8 says this the one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor there's a reality that the God looks at us as individuals he deals with us specifically as individuals and and I'm responsible for me and you're responsible for you You worked with me. No one else can live your life for you. No, I can't. No one else can live my life for me. You know, being absolutely clear about what I'm responsible for in the boundary lines of my life helped me understand what I need to take responsibility for and therefore what I need to do in the context of my life to take that responsibility Responsibility is not some sort of passive thing, it is very much a bit an awareness of something that my life has a responsibility towards and then building my life and making choices and decisions according to that responsibility and what I want to see develop, grow and be healthy in this environment. Now that could be either depressing for you, it could feel heavy for you, or it could be very empowering to your decision making as you consider, I have a life. There are boundary lines, healthy boundary lines around that life and what grows in that environment, what grows within that property is my responsibility. It can either sit heavy on you or it can be incredibly empowering. I pray that with Holy Spirit's help this morning that it would become incredibly empowering to you this morning. Because ultimately, either this awareness of our responsibility is either a catalyst for us to consider what's going to grow here And then either taking the time and the energy to nurture certain things or taking the time and the energy to rip certain things out, this is going to be our choice. This is going to be how we engage with the responsibility of what lies here in the garden of our lives. There's a second reason why God creates biblical boundaries. And And I'll say this, I believe that God gives us biblical boundaries because he has a desire to keep us safe. Biblical boundaries are there to help keep us safe. Listen, I want us to be absolutely clear that when it comes to our lives, and when we're thinking about our lives, we're thinking about this beautiful shape here. When it comes to the landscape of your life, the landscape, the garden of your life, I need us to be all very, very clear. There is a very real enemy who has very real... Um, objectives towards your life. Can I just show you what those are? In John 10.10, 10, it says this, the thief, the enemy, the devil, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Now, those are some very clear objectives that we have in terms of an enemy that would love to, in the landscape of my life, in the garden of my life, would love to see death, destruction, and ultimately things stolen from me. Like, this is a reality, okay? I love the counterbalance to that reality, which we find in the same verse, which is this. Following on, I have come that you may have life, and life to its full. That's God's, that's Jesus' pointed objectives towards you in the light of a very real enemy. He says, I've come, Jesus has come, that you would have life, and have life in all of its full. So we have an enemy that would love to steal from our garden. He would love to destroy our garden. He would love to, to steal, kill, and destroy anything that gets planted here in, in health. But conversely, we have Jesus who would love to see nurtured in our life things that would create life and create health and beauty. So we have to just be aware that these two things are going on. God absolutely is a father who is positioned to protect you. He wants to lead you into the fullness of life. But that's not, again, a passive thing. You know, we talk about having a relationship with God, and that's exactly what this thing is. It's a relationship. You know, relationship with God is not an insurance policy uh, that keeps us away from and deters us from having any difficulty, challenge, or problem. That's not what relationship with God is. It's a relationship where just as in any other healthy relationship, there's a part that I get to play and there's a part that God gets to play. When you look at the Old Testament, it's described as a covenantal relationship. God has his part, I have my part, and if we hold ourselves together over that covenant love relationship, we stay connected and we have relationship. And it's no different right now. There is a covenantal relationship between ourselves and God that we have our part to play in. Let me tell you what I believe in this whole area of nurturing healthy life within the context of these perimeters, these boundaries around our life. Let me tell you what I think, where I think that starts when it comes to our part. Proverbs 423 says this, above all else, in other words, of greatest value, of highest importance. If you're going to listen to anything, listen to about, listen to what is about to be said. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it in other translations it says keep your heart with all vigilance or with all diligence from uh, from it flows the springs of life the reality of our life the health of our life flows from the state in which our heart is and in this instruction, God is telling us, above all things, just pay attention to that place out of which life flows, and it flows from your heart. So for a key, for anyone that wants to take responsibility for the boundary lines, the property lines of their life, the garden, the landscape of their life, they have to consider greatly what flows from that very core of who they are, the heart. And in a sense, to be eager and to be vigilant and to be diligent in guarding and protecting and watching over that place out of which life should flow. You know, there's a lot that goes on, uh, in here. There's a lot that goes on in the internal landscape of our heart. You know, we're, we're piling through life. We're going through life and things hit us in life and they attach themselves to this place call our heart. We can be wandering through life and we can have a fence hit us. We can not a fence like a fence. (laughs) That'd be weird, wouldn't it? Just walking along, fence hits you. Uh, Offense, offense, Um, hurt, disappointment, wounds, we have to be aware of where this stuff that hits our life, where it lands and where it attaches ourselves to. And this is why scripturally, biblically, we have to understand that in guarding our hearts, we're recognizing that this stuff, when it lands in our life, it attaches itself to our hearts. And it, there's a huge deal for each one of us as we live our life and our responsibility to protect our hearts, to guard our hearts. To deal with the reality of what lands in our life in a healthy way. Remembering that, that from our hearts, life flows. And so the state of our hearts is a key responsibility for each one of us. You, you will know, you will know when you've had a conversation or you're having a conversation with somebody and and they're t- telling you and they're sharing with you something that's very personal to them. But they're, they're not describing a thing that happened. They are conveying something that has marked their lives. They're conveying something of, of deep pain or deep hurt. And you can hear even in the way that they are sharing that thing that happened to them. the The very live nature of that thing in their life. You know... Life takes its toll, and situations and people leave their mark on us, and not in a good way at times. They leave wounds. They mark our hearts. But there's a there's a, there's a reality, there's an instruction, there's an encouragement for us as individuals to be responsible with what we do with those wounds. What we do and how we pay attention to the landscape of our hearts, there's a responsibility that resides with us. And that responsibility is to allow God into those places of hurt and pain, to heal those wounds so that they no longer have power in and over our lives. Listen, it's not about denying pain. It's not about going through life with your head in the sand thinking that that didn't hurt. I'm going to ignore what just happened. It's not about denying pain, but it's about bringing the God, the healing God into the full, uh, it, it, the full reality of a God who loves you and the reality of who he is into those places of pain and hurt and allowing him to heal those. Otherwise, we're going to be walking around with an open wound. Our heart will literally be an open wound. And it's going to be super awkward and we start bleeding on people everywhere. But that often is what we find when, when life has taken its toll or a situation has wounded, hurt, or disappointments come in and we're living through that place of, of hurt and pain. We find that we, we end up just bleeding over people. And I do love that about this family. I love that about the safety of community is that it's okay uh, that people experience and know pain in their lives. But it's not okay that we sit by idly and don't, don't be part of God's solution to bring healing and restoration to people. That's what I love about community. Because it's my desire and I, I believe it would be your desire that everyone walks in healing and wholeness such that we're not just wandering around bleeding over everybody. But actually there's a context in which God comes and he heals and he restores and he makes whole that which was broken. And this is the beauty of what God would want to do in a family. You know, the reality is if you walked in here today with a severed arm and was just bleeding everywhere, we would rush you to the emergency room. We would take you to casualty. But maybe, maybe because some of us have got internal hurts and wounds that we're wandering around, maybe it's just not as obvious to some of us. But the critical nature of the responsibility of your of your life to guard your heart and to be responsible That God has put biblical boundaries in order to keep you safe. And your heart is very much at the core, the center of those boundaries. But there's personal responsibility. There's personal responsibility. We're not just waiting in a community, in a family like this. We're not just waiting for somebody to get alongside us and help us. Although I believe that should happen. But there's a personal responsibility. I'm going to get before the Lord. You know, one of the things that I would love for us to be uh, to be pay attention to way more is 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 not just how did my day go, but how is my heart? Like when we get before the Lord and we spend time in His presence and we open up His His Word and we spend time encountering His love and we're in worship, like are we paying attention to the state of our hearts? Like, do we do that with one another? Do we? Is the conversation that's on our lips? Like, how was your day, or is it how is your heart? Like are we prepared with one another to go to those kind of extents, to those kind of decrees to help one another walk healthy? Because if we are guarding our hearts, if it is the very wellspring, the very place out of which life flows, we have to take responsibility for it. We have to be open and vulnerable with God. We have to allow Him into maybe even some painful memories, some painful moments in life that up until now have marked us. But Father God would say, and Holy Spirit would say over you this morning, that what defined your past no longer needs to define your future. There is healing, wholeness, and restoration that you will find in the love of a father that will mean those things no longer have to have any sort of influence in your life. Isn't that amazing that you could walk out of here different than the way you came in this morning? It's amazing. Biblical boundaries. This third point: firstly, was what I am responsible for. Secondly, is keeping me safe. Thirdly, I believe that God sets biblical boundaries. That our life, the landscape of my life, has boundaries in it because it sets limits. And importantly, it knows the standard. You know, biblical boundaries—they give us limits. They help us understand what do I allow into my life. What do I not allow into my life? It's about a saying, being able to say, no, 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 that's enough, stop. It's about being able to say, I can let this grow in the garden of my life, but this thing that's growing here, that's got to go. Listen to what David says, Psalm 101. I love this as David, I think, just reflects on the landscape of his own life, the garden of his own life. Listen to what he says, Psalm 101. It says this up from verse three, I will not set my eyes um, sorry, I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. I hate the work of those who fall away. it shall not cling to me. I preserve uh, 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 sorry a perverse heart shall not be far from me. I will know nothing of evil. Whoever slanders his neighbor securely i secretly man i 'm cold and tired and trying to read. I will destroy whoever has a haughty look and an arrogant heart, I will not endure. In other words, if you've got that stuff floating around your life, you're not going to get close to me. I will not I will oh man read, Phil. I will look with favor on the faith in the land that, were, uh, that they may dwell with me. So in other words, where there's faith and this favor, I'm going to let that be close to me. He who walks in the ways that is blameless shall minister to me. Where there's holiness and righteousness displayed in your life, you can come close to me. You can be someone that influences me. Verse 7, no one who practices deceit shall dwell in my house. No one gets in my property line with that kind of life. No one who utters lies shall continue before my eyes. You can listen to David and he's he's acknowledging that um, what he's going to let near his life, what he's going to let in his property line. He's, go, he's making very clear, distinguishing, limiting lines, standards by which he's going to live his life. And God has these limits too. That's why we find in Scripture biblical boundary lines that we're to live by. It's not the kind of limit that says you're in and you're out, but it, it is the kind of limit that expresses a standard. God has a standard for our life. And we need to we need to be acutely aware of what that standard is because it's it's that standard that needs to define what we're responsible for in here. What we're going to have close to us, what we're going to allow to connect to us, what we're going to allow in our homes, what we're going to allow in front of our eyes. Like these are all things that David's acutely aware of and it's all to do with his connection to god this is why we've got to understand that that in the realms of, of when it applies to god limits and standards are not are not there outside of the context of relationship limits and standards are are shared with us on the basis of of god's desire to stay connected to us and these limits and standards this standard that god has for it it's all about our health And our connection to Him. And in doing so, in recognizing that, we have to to begin to understand what God values. And they need to become the values that we learn to plant in our life. They need to become the boundaries, the, the values, the standards, the limits that we set for our own lives. Because again, it's not just about performance. It's about connection to God. I'm not performing uh, to have standards for God, I realize that in the midst of me walking hand in hand over the things that God values and hand in hand over the standards that he has for my life, I'm walking hand in hand with him. So if I'm walking hand in hand with the things that God values, the things that he has put limits on, the things that he has standards over, I'm walking hand in hand with him and that's my goal. My goal is connection with him. My goal is to live out my life fully engaged and fully connected to a God who loves me, who paid everything to get this connection back with me. But back to these boundary lines. So there are three things. There are three three reasons that we have biblical boundaries. First of all, that we know what we're responsible for. Secondly, that they're there to, to for keeping us safe. And they're also there to help us set limits and to understand the standards by which we're to live. But I want to talk quite practically for the few minutes that we've got left this morning. I want to talk quite practically about these boundary lines, the garden of my life. Because there are things that I that are in this garden that I can take responsibility for. There are things that I can be proactive in. So it's important yes to understand why there are godly boundaries. But more than that it's important to know how do I how do I live in such a way that sees me connected to God and empowered to be, to, to take responsibility for what grows in the context of my life. Do you know where your life begins and somebody else begins? Do you know what you're responsible for? You should know what you're responsible for. Do you know when you're perhaps encouraging someone, maybe when you're overstepping your boundaries and stepping into their boundaries? Do you know when you are taking responsibility for something that's not your responsibility? Like, are we aware of some of these things? And the picture is very much like a a garden. And in the garden of my life, first of all, I need to know who owns the garden. And I'll come to that in a second. But there are some other questions that are worth maybe even writing down for you to consider this week. Who owns the garden? Who's responsible? Who gets to come in? Who's planting? What is being planted? And what fruit am I producing? All of these questions will help you uh, take responsibility for what lies inside the garden of your life. And first off, I want to clear up that first question for you because I think it helps us understand um, the place from which we get to be really intentional. When I ask the question, who owns the garden? You might first think, well, I own the garden, it's my life. We already established that. My life is my life, that's my responsibility. Your life is your life and you're your responsibility. But actually, when you read 1 Corinthians 6.19, it says this, do you not know that your bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. There's actually this fundamental foundational understanding that, that in our relationship with God, in stepping into this relationship, that we're, we're God's. And so it's important to know in the, in this picture that, that Jesus came to rescue you. That Jesus came to rescue the landscape of your life. He came to rescue your garden. And in rescuing you, he also has everything you need now for you to look after this garden, for you to look after this life, for it to be healthy and whole and flourishing. But he didn't rescue us into being robots. He rescued us into relationship as sons and daughters. You know, if we were rescued into robots, we would just do everything because we were programmed that way to do what God wants. But because we were rescued into relationship and we have choices and we have a life to live, there are ways in which we are to be intentional with our life that we get to partner. Again, this is not a passive thing. We get to partner with God to see whatever grows here being healthy and whole. And I believe that there are three unique things that God has given us to empower us in this relationship with him as sons and daughters who get to take responsibility for what grows in the property lines of my life. There are three things that I believe God gives us that we are responsible for. Three things that we're called to steward. And I'll tell you what those three things are. Firstly, so it's kind of like we have the property lines of our life, the garden of our life, the landscape of our life, in which... We have feelings, we have attitudes, and we have choices. They'll come up on the screen and you can write them down. But we have feelings, we have attitudes, and we have choices. All that reside within the context of the garden of my life, the responsibility of my life. Let's look at the first one, feelings. Now some of you are thinking, whoa, this is feelings. Surely there's nothing... We should be messing around with feelings. They're a dangerous place. Well, I want to help shape some of your thinking around feelings. I think God gave us our feelings. I think he gave us our emotions. I believe they're they're highly valuable to us. And I think they're highly valuable when it comes to allowing us to consider what's growing in the garden of our life. You know, our feelings aren't to just be ignored. They're not a risky business type environment that we just to ignore in fact actually the opposite we should really pay attention to our to our feelings because therein lies the solution to some of our problems that we would actually pay attention to our feelings. now in saying pay attention I'm not saying that we are to be led by our feelings let me just be absolutely clear I do not believe that we're to be led by feelings, but I do believe we to pay attention to our feelings See, when you feel something, it's usually to help you become aware that there's something else going on. They're there, feelings are there really to help us figure out what's going on, and then they are are there really to spark us into action. See, when we feel something, it's usually just to help us become aware. Now, that might be... For us to become aware that there's something, there's something that shouldn't, that isn't right. But it can also be there to help us understand that there's something is right. Feelings really, they're like if you're driving along in your car and all of a sudden a warning light pops up. Feelings are like that warning light that pops up in your car that really is an indication that you now need to pay attention and figure out what you're going to do. We had one of those pop up in our car several sev probably 10 years ago, and we ignored it, and our engine blew up. But that's, that's what our feelings are. They're that first point of call where, our, where we respond, and I think God has given us our feelings. Not to be led by, but to pay attention to. Let me put it in some context. Ephesians 4.26 says this, In your anger, do not sin. How many of you realize that anger is a feeling? How many of you are feeling angry about how cold it is right now? Anger is a feeling. What the verse does not say, it doesn't say, do not get angry because that's a sin. What it's saying is do not react to that feeling of, of anger that will lead you into sin. And there's a huge difference between responding to something that alerts your attention, a feeling that could, could alert you that you are then able to respond to. There's a big difference between that and reacting, you know, reacting to feelings is when ultimately something hits your life, disappointment, hurt, pain, somebody else rocks into your world and does something and a feeling gets generated. And a reaction is, is where you do not allow that feeling to be, to be, uh, to be bypassed through your mind where it can be subjected to the truth and I think subjected to the Holy Spirit, it's where that feeling hits you and you just happen to respond. Like that's reaction. And if we walk around life constantly reacting to our feelings whereby they're they're not a, you know, if every time a warning light came up in your car, you sold your car, like that's not the reaction. You just need to deal with what that warning signal is helping you understand is wrong with your car. Don't sell the car. But if we live in this constant place of reacting to our feelings, we're, life is, we're just happening to life all the time. And what we don't let happen is the beauty of allowing our feelings as an indicator be subject to the truth of God's word. We're absolutely to be led by the truth of God's word. And we can subject our feelings to the, the full truth of God's word, and we need to do that. And twinned with subjecting that feeling to the reality of Holy Spirit in us. And see, when we do that, when we do that, we don't, we don't bypass those things. We actually learn in life to respond. And there's a very big difference between reacting and responding. You know, when I respond, it's it's a totally different place. Take that Ephesians 4:26, for example. If I have an interaction with someone and it causes me to feel angry, if I react, then they just get the full force of me right back at them. But if I respond, the first question I ask is, why do I feel this way? That's a really helpful tip for you. Write that down. Why do I feel? Why do I feel this way? It's a good place to start. Why do I feel this way? This is a hugely important question for us as we consider how we respond. Because the reality is that some of our feelings might not even be, on, on, be based on anything very real. You know, we could have an irrational thought that our feeling kicks into gear. We could be deprived of sleep. We could be freezing. It could be stress-related. Dare I say it could be hormonal-related. Amen, husbands? There can be any number of things that do not reside in a healthy place out of which we can, we can respond. But actually with anger. So if I feel angry, why do I feel angry? Well, it's because you've hurt me. And here's what I can then do with that feeling. I get that opportunity to take that feeling and to have it redeemed. I get to not, I get to allow it to be a warning, not a master. This is the difference between reacting and responding, that actually that these things are a warning, they're not a master. And then I've got the opportunity to allow that feeling to come through some truth. And the truth is, is that the Holy Spirit leads me, not my feelings. That if someone's hurt me, that God loves that person. That actually, the truth of God's word is that I'm to respond by loving my neighbor. That actually, that I am I am guided and led by the Holy Spirit. And the fruit of the Holy Spirit is that I would respond with peace and with patience. And you can see that already we've gone from a feeling through a process to be able to respond. But feelings aren't bad. They are just there in our garden. As a beautiful warning system to help us go, what's going on with me? Because again, it's not, I'm not responsible for you. I'm responsible for me. And my feelings help me do that. But we're not led by our feelings. We're led by truth that is aligned with faith that allows me to have healthy feelings. All of, all, um, all of my feelings, all of the way I feel, It's in my garden. It's not in your garden. I can't blame anyone. I can't say, but you hurt me. You made me angry. You made me feel angry. No, anger is in my heart. It's in my garden, and therefore it's my responsibility. What about the second thing? Attitudes. Our attitudes are in our garden. They're our responsibility. What we think about things, how we judge, how we assess certain things. It's all our responsibility because uh, it, 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 it's in my garden. And therefore, I have a responsibility uh, within the context of, of, of my attitudes to realize what attitudes are going to uh, produce healthy fruit and what attitudes are going to produce unhealthy fruits. How many of you um, ever catch yourselves in life going, oh my goodness, I'm literally, I've become my mother. How many of you, like the, the very things that when you were growing up as a teenager, you used to like mercilessly mock your mother and father for, and then you're like, oh my goodness, I literally do those things. Anybody? Or is it just me? All right. Thank you for your honesty. Listen, I think there are attitudes and things that we learn at a very young age. Let me read you Jeremiah twenty-two twenty-one. It says this, I spoke to you in your time of prosperity, but you said, I will not listen. This has been your attitude and practice from your youth. You have not obeyed my voice. This has been your attitude and your practice from your youth. I think for some of us, we need to consider our attitudes and where they are. Like, where did they start? Like, where did these things get seeded in my life? You know, our attitudes really are, are a direct the way that we think about ourselves, the way we believe ourselves, they are at some level there are core values that got shaped maybe many years ago in the context of our family or in school or when we were just forming our opinion about ourselves, but also our attitudes get formed also in in significant moments in our life, either good or bad. Like some of our attitudes stem out of places of real hurt and brokenness. Listen, if we were told that we would never achieve anything and that becomes the belief about yourself, then, then that is what shows up in the attitudes of how you treat yourself and also how you, how you expect to engage with other people around you. If someone disappointed you or let you down and you're carrying around resentment or bitterness and unforgiveness, you can see the belief that people are, can never be trusted. And it will be the way in which your attitudes shape what grows in the garden of your life. And guess what? People will come and, come and experience the fruit of your life and what they'll experience is an attitude. Be it good or be it bad. So we have some responsibilities to consider. Again, it's tied with, it's tied to our hearts. Listen, the, this issue of guarding our hearts is huge. Because in our hearts, it's like, it's where all this, this stuff resides. Beliefs about ourselves, beliefs about other people, wounds, hurts, things that we, we, we react through when it comes to what grows in our garden. You know, these beliefs that we hold ourselves to, our beliefs of others that form our attitudes, we have to be so conscious that we allow for a renewing of our minds to take place. This is what Romans twelve two says. Don't conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. Let me read you this. This won't be on the screen, but Ephesians 4.23-24 says this. To be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new stuff, the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and wholeness. Listen, there's a proactive approach to our attitudes. We cannot simply think that this stuff will melt away over time. If you are hard in your heart and your attitude towards people, please don't allow time to be the great healer. God is the great healer. Like time will not be the great healer. This stuff will not dissipate. You'll just be angry, disappointed, aggressive, hurtful. And it will demonstrate itself in the fruit that you grow out of your life. Unless you allow the the renewing of your mind and the healing of your heart. Like it's that serious. What grows in the garden of your life is your responsibility. And finally, choices. Choices really stem from all of this stuff and it's all really interweaved. You can see that actually if I've got, if if I've got feelings and attitudes in the mix, then actually where my choices begin to start shape will really dictate whether I'm producing healthy fruit or not. But again, choices are your responsibility. No one can make the choices of your life. I'd love to make your choices for your life. For just one year, give me a chance. I'll make, no. James 2 verse 17 says this. So too, faith, if it does not have works to back it up, it by itself is dead. Think about that in the positive way. If our faith is backed up through our works, through our choices, if our life and faith is backed up through the choices that we choose out of which to live, then we get the choice to step into walking in the fullness of life. You know, everything that you do, everything that you say, everything that you choose to think about yourself and others, it falls within the property lines of your life. It falls within the garden of your life. And in this series, as we're considering what are the healthy roots that would, that would create healthy fruits, this question of biblical boundaries is so, so important. You know, there's so much um, I could have shared with you this morning. And really, we've just scratched the surface. And I, I want to encourage you to go on your own personal journey. There's much in what I've shared that I think would be a cause for personal reflection. For me, this journey, this this last couple of weeks as I've been processing, this has been a journey of personal reflection. What is in the boundary lines of my life? What is growing there? Who's responsible for it? Where are my feelings are involved? What kind of ugly attitudes have I got in there? What kind of choices am I making with my life? This this, I believe, is a word from God that would act as a mirror for your life this week. That if you allow him, if you allow Holy Spirit to come and, and to breathe his life into the landscape, the garden of your life, and you consider what proactively and what you're going to take responsibility for, I believe that we, corporately and we as individuals, can see really healthy things grow within the property lines, within the garden, within the landscape of our hearts and lives. Why don't you stand, I'm going to pray for you. Prayer team, this morning, could you make yourself available now? That would be amazing. Just over to my left, there'll be a beautiful group of freezing people that would love to stand with you and pray with you this morning. But I just want to do one very simple thing this morning, and that is just to invite Holy Spirit. You know, that I don't want for my words to bring any condemnation, but we do want and we do want to allow the conviction of the Holy Spirit that as He, as He shines His light onto our lives, as He shines His light onto our hearts, that we would, we would allow Him to shape and form us. And as a result, we can live lives that makes amazing choices to follow him with the whole of our lives so if you want to just open up your hands there's nothing super spiritual about it. it's just kind of saying god i'm open to what you want to do with me this morning so i spirit i thank you for your presence with us father i thank you that we get to partner with you in what the landscape of our garden looks like what the landscape of my heart looks like is you want to partner with me so i say holy spirit would you come Would you meet each one of us this morning? Father, wherever we're at, we know that we're carrying around huge wounds in our hearts. But this morning is is an opportunity, it's a fresh start moment for us to say, God who heals, would you come in and meet me in my place of pain? Would you meet me in my place of wounding? Would you heal me? Maybe that's you this morning. The Holy Spirit's just coming alongside you and saying, there's some things I just want to do in your heart this morning. So Holy Spirit, we just say we're open. And Holy Spirit, we just say that we want to partner with, with you. We want you to lead in our lives. We want the truth of your word to lead in our lives such that the landscape of our hearts stays whole and healthy. Father, I thank you that you've given us responsibility for our lives, that there's no one else that can do it for us. But I thank you that you take us by the hand, Holy Spirit, and you lead us into all righteousness. You lead us into health and you lead us into wholeness. So, Holy Spirit, just have your way. In Jesus' name. Amen. Prayer team are there hey this morning if, if anything's just resonated with you this morning you just feel like you know I just want to respond I want to go and do business with God I want to leave here differently than the way I came in go and grab one of these guys they would love to stand with you and pray with you if you're here this morning you just are going through stuff and you just love someone to stand with you and pray with you again come and find one of our pray team we would love to spend a bit of time with you other than that I want to bless you to have an amazing week go and look after and tend the landscape and God